Hallelujah. All right, fam. We know what time it is. I hope you got, hope you got your utensils ready to eat, ready to feast upon the word. This is this is the game changer. This is the difference maker. Everything else that has happened, you know, it, it, it has its place. But, but I have to receive instruction from, from the word in order for a real transformation, a lasting transformation to take place within my life. And the man of God that came to us last week and just had us going through a whole slew of emotions. I don't know about y'all, but I got happy. I got mad at him probably a time or two. So I didn't like him, you know, digging in my stuff like that. Somebody coming over to your property and your address line like that, you didn't give them permission to. I just, I just feel some kind of way about that. Nevertheless, of strong city, and uh, we're grateful for the gift that he has. And so I need us to receive and to thank God for the gift that is Pastor A. B. Pastor Anthony Bynum, sir. Let's go ahead and do this. Bring this word. Go ahead, beat up on us some more. Then. God bless everyone. God bless everyone. Let's praise God for Pastor Jay. Thank God for that man of God. Thank God for all of you. Praise team, musicians. Man, I love my church. God knows. So, we have a uh, water bottle. Bear with me today. We're going to going to do things a little bit different, but uh, we're still going to come out of the Word. We're still going to come out of the Word. We got some stuff that's coming across. It's going to be very, very good, I believe. God has a Word. We'll start off with prayer, and then we'll go right into it, all right? How many people went back home and started the root work? Root work in progress. Listen, my hand is up telling you right now, if he wasn't talking to me, Jesus, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen, don't think at all that we are excluded from the message that we deliver. Listen, God said he gave me a gift to me and through me. So I am the first person that cracks the seal starts working on that thing so let us pray father god we thank you for our space in the building we thank you for allowing us to gather in this time in this season where the world would try to keep us apart we thank you for keeping us together we realize that there are a lot of things that try to prevent us from gathering but we call satan a liar we realize that there's fear that's pushed out across the world right now and their factual evidence to prove that the fear is significant and even makes us believe it's right. But I hear in your word you saying that you have not given us the spirit of fear. You've given us this spirit that has power, that has love, that gives us sound, discipline, thoughts and we thank you for those thoughts and it is in that area in which we believe that you're going to do the work right now you're going to give us the mind 
of Christ. For you said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And Father, we thank you for the root work that's in progress and for what you're going to say to us today. We stand ready to receive from your table. Feed us till we want no more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So we on the same discussion. Ryan, stay close, man, if you can. We on the same discussion. I'm going to try to do some things a little different, so I won't rehash last week. I think everybody should be pretty good with understanding where we started. We started with this parable. We started with the parable of the sower. Good? All right. We started with the parable of the sower. And this is a familiar parable to most of us. We understand that this parable was one of the hallmark parables of Jesus. Okay, so this is what he used. And I kind of say it, it's, it's the basis for all other parables. Jesus spent time talking in parables. He spent time sharing in parables. He had some reasons behind that. We discussed some of those reasons last week so that we can get everybody up to speed. And so this week, I want us to follow it with a, a visual uh, parable, if you will, an example so we can understand and see what God was saying. And so we're going to go through the scriptures today. We're going to read a different passage. Last week, we stayed mainly in the Luke gospel. This week, we'll be in the gospel of Matthew. So we can go, everybody, to Matthew 13. We're going to start at verse 3. Okay. I want you to read this also. Okay. Let's start at verse 3. Is everybody there? Everybody ready? Everybody good? Pretty much so. If not, you can follow on the screen. All right, three. He taught them many things by using stories and parables that would illustrate spiritual truth, saying, consider this. There was a farmer who went out to sow seed. As he cast his seed, some fell along the beaten path, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell onto gravel that had no topsoil. The seeds quickly shot up. But when the day grew hot, the sprouts were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Other seeds fell along the thorns and weeds. So when the seed sprouted, so did the weeds, crowding out the good plants. But other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing as he planted. But at 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as he planted. If you're able to understand this, Jesus says, I need you to respond. Then his disciples approached Jesus and they asked, why do you always speak to people in these hard-to-understand parables? He explained, you've been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden truths and mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. Mm. But those who don't listen with an open heart, teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have will be taken from them. That's why I teach the people using parables, because they think 
they're looking for truth. Yet because their hearts are unteachable, they never discover it. Although they will listen to me, they never fully perceive the message I speak. The prophecy of Isaiah describes them perfectly. Although they listen carefully to everything I speak, they don't understand a thing I say. They look and pretend to see, but the eyes of their hearts are closed. Their minds are dull and slow to perceive. Their ears are plugged and are hard of hearing. And they have deliberately shut their eyes to the truth. My God. Otherwise, they would open their eyes to see and open their ears to hear and open their minds to understand. Then they would turn to me and let me instantly heal them. (laughs) But your eyes are privileged, for they see. Delighted are your ears, for they are open to hear all these things. Many prophets and godly people in times past yearned to see the days of miracles that you've been favored to see. They would have given everything to hear the revelation that you've been favored to hear. Yet they didn't get to see as much as a glimpse or hear even a whisper. Now you are ready to listen to the revelation of the parable of the sower and his seeds. God, he is so good. Now he explains it. The seed that fell on the beaten path represents the heart of the one who hears the message of the kingdom realm but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away that what was sown into his heart. The seed sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience, it just remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come because of the kingdom message he received. That's why they come. Then he quickly falls away. For the truth didn't sink deeply into his heart. The seed sown among weeds represents the person who receives the message. But all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambitions for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message and prevent him from bearing spiritual fruit. As for the seed that fell upon a good Rich soil, it represents the hearts of people who hear and fully embrace the message of heaven's kingdom realm. Their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as was sown. All right. Amen to the reading of God's word. Yeah. So I think I'm done. I'm going to go sit down now. (laughs) The word does what the word does. All right. So I just wanted to set that up there for uh, the basis, the foundation of what we're going to go into. And we're going to walk these things down. We started last week and we talked a lot about that pathway soil. Could you see yourself in the pathway soil? Right. That hard packed soil that we had a lot of people that just pushed down and and worked on. So I want to I want to do something. I want to give you a visual. And we're going to walk through it together, okay? So y'all bear with me for a couple of seconds. Let me work. I know y'all wondering what this box is and what this is all about. So I just, um, this week I thought about things, and I said, how could I help us understand how the parable is supposed to work? And so I felt like giving a visual application of that 
will help us to be able to connect the knowledge. You know, sometimes we need to kind of see things, right? Be able to touch it, be able to understand it. And so I wanted to start off with just a vessel. And so this vessel, nothing special, cost me, what, a couple of dollars at Walmart. Nothing really significant about it. But this vessel is very important. In this container, I carry something that can be important. It's not the vessel itself that really is that much to, to worry about. It's so funny how we get caught up on cups. You know, we, we, we look at the decoration of the cup. We look at the color of the cup. We look at the makeup of the cup, the material of the cup. And we try to decide if this is worth something. But what makes this really worth something is not the fact that it's a cup. It's what it contains that makes this important. And so this is the hardest struggle that we have as people because we look at people based off of We only see what's on the outside. Because everybody is just a common cup. So there's nothing to really look at or to really be interested in if you just look at the cup. But look at what God does. The Bible says that what he did in his infinite wisdom is he ascended. But he provided gifts. He put these gifts in an earthen vessel so that the excellency would be of God and not of the vessel. Because in the great house, there's many vessels, some of honor, some of dishonor. What's that mean? That means that what makes the vessel important is what's inside because that dictates how it will be used. If we could realize that the whole purpose of us is to be used, we wouldn't have to worry so much about racism. If we realize that our whole existence is to be used, we wouldn't care so much about the wealth that we create. If we understood that the purpose that God has intended for us is about the content within the vessel, then we would spend less time doctoring and working on the outside of the cup to try to present something to the world to see. So God wants us to just understand we're a cup. So here's the parable. Got a cup. But what I'm going to put in this cup, that's what makes it important. So here goes kingdom God, right? Kingdom message. And he grabs this beautiful thing that he anointed in the beginning. For in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Earth was without form, void, darkness dwelt upon the face of the deep, right? We remember all of that. God separates the waters from the waters, right? Let there be light, shines light on the subject. He pulls out this thing called earth. 
and this earth is anointed because the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters and the waters covered the earth. And so how anointing works is anointing touches whatever it touches, it anoints. If you define anointing, it's not laying on of hands. It's submerging or pouring something to completely cover you. It's smearing it on. And the reason why it's important to understand that it's smeared on is because it's not easy to get off. It's a thick substance. It embodies the, 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 the thing that it covers. So here is the anointing of God on this thing called earth, simple earth. And he decides, I'm going to put this in my cup. And the Bible says that he formed man from the earth. And then he blew into it the breath of life. And it became a living soul. And so he gets all of this beautiful earth. Make no mess. That's important stuff. So he takes it and he puts it in this vessel. Simple cup. But now the cup has purpose. Because the soil in the cup is anointed, and it's anointed to produce. So now, God in his infinite wisdom thinks ahead and says, I got something I need to put in this cup. But what I'm putting in is so important. And so the soil represents our heart. And so we talked about pathway soil. So let's take a look at what happened. So since the devil can't take off the anointing, and he recognizes that, the only thing he can do is he can try to figure out a way to destroy the purpose. See, he can't do anything to, to touch what God has created. But if he could change the nature of what's inside, then there's possible that he could change the purpose. And so what he understands is God is too intelligent. He's too smart. He created that thing. And I know because it's coming from God, it's good. For he said the earth was good and very good. But it's not about the fact that it's good. So here comes Mr. Satan. And he brought people into our lives. We talked about this. If I can get it in there. And these people just pecked down this dirt. Won't fulfill your purpose. Not today. And so with every press, you so stupid. You know you ain't never going to amount to nothing. Look at your daddy. Look at your mama. You ain't going to do nothing with your life. 
You're too slow. You're not smart. You're broke. There's no possible way you can win. Too lazy. You'll never amount to anything. What about that abortion? What about that molestation? How are you going to be good for anything? What about the color of your skin? What about the family you were born to? Y'all ain't intelligent people. You're just going to be a, a common boy the rest of your life. And so what happens? I can get it out. That's what the devil wants to do too. What happens is all of that nice, fluffy, anointed, life-giving dirt. When it started out, it was here. But all that pressure has now reduced it. And so now, the purpose of God to drop seeds in, now, the state of the soil, it won't allow it to get through. But you got to understand, the soil is anointed. The soil is wonderful. It's beautiful. It has purpose. It's amazing. But all the circumstances of life, all that people have done, all of these pesky travelers who was looking for just an easy way, a shortcut. So that mother, instead of nurturing, took a shortcut. That father, instead of protecting, took a shortcut. That aunt, instead of supporting and empowering, took a shortcut. That husband, that wife, instead of loving, took a shortcut. And they walked on what God created instead of sowing into what God created. And now you're carrying around this vessel and you wonder why you're depressed. You wonder why you feel suicidal. Because every day you're fighting with the fact that you've got purpose. But the condition of your heart won't seem to let you be great. I've been stepped on so much, I don't know what I'm worth. All I know is being walked on. Will anything good ever come out of me? Why should I trust him? Every other man. 
Why should I love her? The women in my life. Why should I try to be great? Why should I connect? Why should I connect with others when all they're going to end up doing? So I'll stay in my space, stay in my environment. I'll stay in my lane. I will seclude myself. I'll deal with people, but I'll keep them at arm's length because I can't trust anyone. Because the only thing I'm used to, but I love God. Jesus said, I am anointed. Here goes that word anointed again. And I'm anointed to mend these type of situations. See, the funny thing about this is, all it takes, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life. I don't know why, but I keep going through these different things over and over again. I don't know why. I can't seem to get it right, but it's like something is always messing with me. Why can't I get right? Why is it always something, Lord? I'm just trying to be great. I don't understand. But now I got to deal with somebody that's on my job that I can't stand. What is that about? I thought the divorce would end it. But now I got to deal with being single. And my stinking thinking. Oh, I thought more money. I thought the raise was going to do it, man. But now I got more responsibility. What's going on? God is trying to shake you up so that he can get you back to your original and so what he does is he puts you in a blender because I need the root work done so that I could use you at your purpose so unless I get those things going on in your life you won't seek my face you won't pray you won't come to the one that you need to come to. Because, see, most people think they want truth until they hit. Most people think they got some understanding until they hit. Most people think that they really know something about life. They got experience. They got wisdom until. And when that shaking comes, it, it, it makes them understand that they have to come back to a place of humility. And realize that it's not about the cup. It's about what's inside the cup. Because the only thing that makes this cup important is what I put in it. And so I have to get to that content and shake things up so that it can be ready. Wow. Was that magic? Look at how beautiful, how fluffy this content is after the shaking. 
Look at how perfect. Is it possible? I can't teach an old dog new tricks. Is it possible? You'll never make it out of that. Is it possible? Oh, you'll never live your best life. Not after what you've been through. Is it possible? How can I get ready for husband number two? The fact of the matter is, is that with the right amount of shaking, it's good as new. Still anointed, still has purpose. And now, after the shaking, here comes Mr. Sower. Hands full of seed. Because now you're ready. I wonder why when I prayed, things seemed to get worse before they got better. Because my prayer caused the shaking to occur. Because see, when I got down on my knees and said, Lord, I need deliverance. He recognized that the issue wasn't on the outside of the cup. He said the real work So here is King Jesus answering our request in a way that we just don't seem to understand. Open heart gets this kind of treatment. It would seem counterproductive but it is necessary, Elder Johnny, in order for us to produce. If you think you're going to have production without preparation, you have missed it. It's necessary in what you asked for. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So now, let's talk about the second type of soul. We talked about heavily tread upon, right? But now there's a different type of soil. What was the second type of soil, somebody? He said the second type of soil was stony, right? Right? Gravel. And it had no top soil. I like the Passion Translation because it makes it clear for you. So you, doesn't, you don't understand. You need to understand. So what, what it meant is this. Let me show you. Let me get another container. I love having so many containers. What happens is, ain't God smart? So what happens is, he said it was stony. So that meant that it had rocks, but it also had a little dirt mixed in. Had both. But you got to have both. So bear with me. Try to do this lightly.
order for there to be a right type of mixture, I want you to see. And let me do this. That it had a little bit of dirt mixed in there. Right? But even though it had dirt, still had some more of these things here. <laughs> now we heard what the parable said. Parable said, can we go back up, Tristan? Let's go to um, backtrack. Go to 2. Go to 22. Uh, go to 21. Go to 20. There we go. So, the seed sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. So now, the stony ground represents a shallow experience. Means that even though it's got this anointed material inside of it, it is undergirded and covered with gravel, rocks. Okay? Let's talk about the rocks. Let's talk about the rocks. Can we talk about the rocks? All right. So, Let's talk about what the rocks actually represent. The rocks are these, what I call, what the Bible calls, strongholds. These could be habits or processes of thought that refuse to be changed. So these things, through years, have been steel and locked in and they don't want to move. Some church folk call them generational curses, right? Some people call them proclivities. Things that we have that we just somehow innately respond a certain type of way to certain stimuli. And these rocks are all throughout the life of the stony soil. The crazy part is, just as we just said, it's all about the content. Nothing changed except for what we have inside the cup. But you see, if you could see how closely that is, you see how thin the soil is? The funny thing is, if a seed does make it into this, we see from the scripture that the seed can get down there and it can start the process of actually producing. Because see, here's the thing about the seed. The seed is the word of God and it's gonna do what it was sent to do in the thing wherefore he sent it no matter what. The word produces. But the point of production, we talked about this last week, is harvest. So, if it produces, but it doesn't give the harvest so that it multiplies, then it is not walking in its full purpose. If you're not seeing the full level of potential that God wants to show you in your life, you're not meeting your full purpose. How many times have you said, I should be at a different place in life by now, but something just keeps holding me back? 
I keep finding myself going through the same type of stuff. I get on a new job and I run into the same issue. Guess what? It wasn't the job. It was the content. And so since you didn't get away from the content, it doesn't matter if you're at a new place of employment or not, because I can't get to you what I need to get to you because of what's inside of you. So in order for me to get you back to the level that I need you at, I have to start removing this hard, rough, built-in gravel that's preventing you from reaching your purpose. And so here's God's explanation of how he fixes gravel situations. He calls in the proper machinery. Elder Johnny, you know something about this. He calls in the right machinery because he needs the machinery that's going to get down under the gravel so he can get to the real good stuff underneath it. Because underneath the rock is some more soil. And the soil is anointed. But I have to, because see, it's so hard to navigate how I can get to the soil. Can you see it? I remove habits, but I pick up another. I thought I got, I, I licked smoking, but now I got a problem with drinking. Now I fix drinking, but now I have a problem with lust. Well, I fix lust. Now I'm overeating. What's the problem, Lord? You fixing the one little problem doesn't fix this. So God has to do something grand in order to really get you back to the place where you were supposed to be. So now I say, God, create in me a clean heart. Renew the right spirit in me. This means that I got to get rid of this stuff. But here, it requires, you see the connection? It requires God who is the husbandman to do the work. I keep praying, but it seems like everything is just leaving me. People, places, and things change. I can't find the same folks that I used to roll with. My family, they left me but it was a part of the process to get you back here. Because this is where I need you so that I can fill you back up with what I intended you to have in the first place. And so see, because this heart condition wasn't really salvageable, he had to remove and plan over. He had to create in you a clean heart and renew the right spirit in you. He had to renew your mind, not take your old thoughts and reuse them with behavioral modification in place. Not take your old doctrines and just put a gospel spin on and call it the new Christian. See, somebody says, I'm new, but you really just changed. God wants to make you new but you're still holding on to the old you. 
And see, God needs to get you here. So he has to remove the stones. The stones represent those hard places that you just innately deal with, your struggles, your issues. Can you think of some of those issues? So when you go to God, first of all, I love, I love what Faithia said earlier. He says, I don't mind you in this state. Because of grace, I'm going to still put you on the table. Because I still see a product that's worth using. Because what's important is the content. So I'm willing to do the work. So here comes Mr. Grace. And he covers a multitude of sin. Here comes Mr. Grace. When sin abounds, grace much more abounds. Because at the end of the day, it's all about having you ready to be used. Ready to be used. The takeaway from the stony ground is to recognize the heart posture. Because, see, the problem with the stony ground is you actually think you're doing something. Because you see a little production. Scripture says that it shot up. This is the person that every time a word come, they bucking. They all across the floor. They're crying. They're hollering. Wonderful. They go out. They're happy for an hour or two. But because they only have a shallow experience, because the word didn't get a chance to take root within them. Now, when the weather comes, for the word's sake, because see, here's the thing that you got to understand. If you think that the dirt doesn't need the sun, and if you think that the dirt doesn't need the rain, if you think that the dirt doesn't need the wind, that is a part of the process to spread and produce. Every one of those elements are necessary for you to have the productivity that you need. The sun is not evil to plant life. It feeds plant life. But if your roots aren't big enough, aren't deep enough, if they're insufficient, one of the translations says that it had no ability to get to moisture. This means that because of the rocks being in the way, the water couldn't seep in so that it could strengthen the roots and get the roots digging deep underneath the soil so that it can produce down before going up. There is a need for true production for there to be strong roots. It's not enough that you understand what you heard Pastor Jay speak. It's important that it gets a place in your heart and begins to perform a duty in your life where you see change occur. I can preach to you until I'm blue in the face. Words come out of my mouth and the Bible says that Jesus said his words are spirit and life to the hearer. Everything that I'm saying has production value. It has a quality about it that can change your life. But all I do has nothing to do with the content. 
see some produce 30, 60, hundreds, and others still get scorched every time the sun comes out. Well, it's the content. How can a leader feel upset, frustrated? Because, see, we have an expectation, just like God, that everything produce. Why do I do what I do? I want production. It's important to have harvest. If you want harvest, you need depth. No more shallow church experience for you. You need to take God home with you. You need to Bible study it out. You need to spend time in the word of God. Because what you do by doing that is you allow God to pour all of that down, deep, hard rock and gravel deep down from in and pull it all up. Now the process is a little disheartening. Because as you just saw when I was dumping this out, it's messy. It's messy work. It's not nice and sweet. The first process was shaking. It was vigorous. It was activity. Second process was dumping. It was vigorous. It was activity. Don't think of God as this little delicate powder puff with long flowing hair. He came to do root work. There was a level of aggression that was necessary. He said, I came to create a fence. I came to set people at odds because I am dealing with the content of their heart. And heart work is difficult. At stony areas in my life, I thought I was doing something. Because my testimony allowed me to have a quick production. But when the sun came, we love that song. It'll be all over in the morning. But in the morning, the sun comes up. Weeping may endure for a night, but dry. But when joy comes, sun comes. And if your roots aren't deep, can you handle the sun? Take you back to New Edition. Can you stand the rain? Stony. Stony. I've been there. And some parts of my heart are still there. He's still removing rocks. Are you in for the work? Are you in for the work? Mm. Is it good? Is it good? Is it good? Y'all getting something? Good, 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 good. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's look at the next soil. Next soil. Let's go to 21. 
All right, we went through that. Quickly falls away. Let's go to 22. Love 22. Here we go. Now let's deal with some weeds. I'm only going to get in your business a little bit. But listen, I promise you I'm in my business too, okay? So we in this together. We on the same team. So now, here we got seed that's sown among weeds. Represents a person who receives the message. Good stuff. They got it. They receive the message. Good. Wonderful. But here's the problem. They receive the message, but all of life's busy distractions. It crowded that soil. Let's bring some weeds. See what we can do here. So we're going to stick some weeds in, you know. The Bible says that at night, you know, the funny thing about Satan, he can't really mess with the dirt. He can't touch. He can't change the elements. He can't stop the sun. He can't stop the rain. But what he likes to do is he likes to sow weeds. Thorns, sticky and prickly things that would limit the ability of something to grow. So even though you got all this beautiful soil underneath, where or where will the fruit be able to thrive? All of this confusion. I heard a good word Sunday. But Monday. Oh. You know, I really felt at peace after the message, Pastor. But Rick, he called me right after service. Pastor Jay, that message was fire. It was fire, man. God, that was a good message. But on the way home, me and the wife started talking about those bills. Next thing I know, we're fussing. Next thing I know, it's a lot of tension in the car. We had to pull over three times before we got to the house. Got a good word. I can't even remember it, Doc. Just going to keep it real. Somebody said, you went to church today, man. How was it? It was good. What do you preach about? Uh, um, it's on Facebook, though. Just go follow us at Strong City Church. It's good message, good word up there, man. We had a good time today, Doc. Because, see, I still got the soil. But the problem is uh, 
I'm too prideful about the fact that there's a lot of distractions. So I won't be honest with myself enough to offboard some of these distractions. See, there's things that I have to deal with and I don't want to be honest about. But the truth is my heart is divided. Because I don't know if you can see it or not, but there's a clear demarcation from that good soil to all these weeds. I have two opinions on everything. I know God's word says that he's good, but my bills say something different. I know God's word says he's a healer, ah, but this sickness is telling me a different story. I know God says that he is love. I get it. But in this environment, I still deal with the struggle of racism. Can't get away from it. On the way home, I listened to my political station and it reminded me of why I should hate. You know, I just simply logged on to Instagram and I saw that there was another shooting. And that dude looked like me. So I'm reminded of why I need to be angry. I know God's word says love, turn the other cheek. But I'm singing that song, try Jesus, don't try me. Because the truth is, my heart's divided. I know I say I represent Christ, but I really don't understand what those other people are talking about that they go through so strong. So I have no compassion, really. How can I? My heart's divided. And the media does its job perfectly. And it reminds us of our divided hearts. And instead of being honest and taking this to God so that he can remove the weeds, the scripture says this, let the wheat and the tear grow together. The reason why it's important for them to grow together because I don't want you to mess up the integrity of the soil being too haphazard about your removal process. Because see, your trained eye is not trained as much as mine. And if you look at wheat and tear from a distance, you don't recognize the difference as much as a trained farmer. And so when God looks at it, when the trained farmer puts an eye on that, he says, I know exactly where to extract. I know exactly where to lay my sheath. I know exactly where to start the cut. I have a precision through the word of God, for the word is sharp. Sharper than any two-edged sword. 
Preach this thing, Holy Ghost. It separates the bone from the marrow and the soul. It has precision and it knows how to extract the distraction without ruining the integrity of the soil. Because guess what? That soil has seed in it and it is producing. I just need to remove all the other busyness so that it can produce and create fruit. It's all about the fruit. But remember, root before fruit. So the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, I know not what to pray for as I ought to pray. But the Holy Spirit intercedes for me in groanings, moanings, things that are deep down that I can't even put into words. It articulates it perfectly to the ear of God to say exactly because guess what? He looks at the purpose of the soil and he intercedes. He knows the purpose. The Spirit searcheth all things. Yea, even the deep things of God. He knows. So he does this. That was a good sermon. You know, that sermon, that word was good. It, it touched my heart. On the way home, I couldn't get out of my tongue language. I don't know, but something shifted. I felt lighter. You know what? That job ain't so bad after all. You know what? I know I got these bills, but I, I tithe. I trust God. He says that he knows and he provides seed to the sower and bread for food. It's funny how when you remove the distractions, the clarity of the seed does exactly what it's supposed to do. It's funny when you remove the distractions, turn that social media off. When you remove the distraction, I ain't watching Fox, CNN, not nothing. When I remove the distraction, I can hear clearly what the spirit has put inside of me. Because the only source of information that really matters is the word of God. What is your political view? What does the Bible say? Jesus, why are you not upset? They have us as slaves here. We're supposed to be your selected people. If you're Mr. Messiah, you're supposed to reign. Why are we suffering? Get mad with us. Jesus didn't seem to be bothered by that. He said, I'm focused on what I'm here to do. I got a work to do that's bigger than the government. 
So while y'all fight over that governmental stuff, I'm doing work. Kingdom work. Because the government is really on my shoulders. That's what Jesus said. Jesus. They want us to pay taxes. What kind of mess is that, man? We ain't working. They still taxing us. I love Peter. <laughs> Peter was a hot head. He reminded me of me. Peter was like, man, this ain't fair. I hate this. Jesus says, let me ask you a question. In a kingdom, let's elevate your thinking. If you get asked a political question and your first response isn't kingdom, ooh. It's funny how he didn't reduce his thought process to Peter's level. But instead, he caused Peter to elevate his thought process to his level. And he said, you know what? You talk about natural stuff, I talk about kingdom stuff. How is this impacting kingdom in a kingdom Peter do you think they would cause you to have to pay taxes a good king no that's my problem but you, you're in the kingdom you with me dog we good in order not to offend because that stuff doesn't matter. And I don't have time for it to be a distraction to my work and my purpose here. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to obey the laws of the land. Go down there. Look in the fish's mouth. Get that coin. Pay the man. We got work to do. He addressed the issue. But he addressed the issue through kingdom knowledge. From a kingdom standpoint. Not just natural stuff. And we all tend to do it. We fight. We wrestle. But that's the divided heart. God wants us here. He this mess will kill you. The content of your heart. The harvest can't thrive with this. He needs it there. So he says the wealth, his ambition for wealth, it results the kingdom message and prevents, it suffocates the kingdom message and prevents him from bearing spiritual fruit. If you're not seeing the level of fruit, spiritual fruit, spiritual fruit that you should see in your life. If you respond to circumstances and situations out of the works of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit. If that is your common tendency, there's a possibility that you need to do some heart work and get rid of those distractions through Mr. Holy Spirit, who knows exactly how to extract without ruining the integrity of the seed or the soil. Is that good? Good stuff. All right. Let's go to the next one, and we're going to wrap this thing right on up. It's, the, funny, the last one is just so simple. 
<laughs> now, here's the thing. We talked about this the whole time. What's the one constant in every one of these situations? The soil. The funny thing about the good soil is the soil didn't have it to do anything to be good. Can you just be great? I just want to tell you right now, you're great. You're great. Wherever you are right now, you're great. What's in you is great. Every day you look in the mirror, you're great. No matter what happens in your life, you're great. God doesn't make anything that's not great. You are great. So the good soil, it's just good. And what happens with good soil is the seed falls upon it. It represents the heart of people who hear fully. And what do they do? They embrace the message of heaven's kingdom realm. They embrace it. They hold it. They hug it. They spend time in it. They deal with it. They embrace it. What did the soil do to embrace the seed? Was it effort involved? It was just good soil. Seed did what it was supposed to do. What I love about the soil is it removes the work. Because the soil is built to receive the seed. The soil is built, it is anointed, it is purposed to receive the seed. You have everything that you need to produce. The issue is not what you have. Stop this prayer asking God for more. You have more than enough. What you need is less. You need less travelers. You need less rocks. You need less weeds. You don't need more. More. You don't need more. You need less. The good soil was good because it had less. <laughs> oh, you can't make this stuff up. Less. Less distraction. Less hard places from travel. Less stony, stuck in your ways, stubborn, just can't be moved. Less of that and more of an embracing of the word of God. I love that. They fully embrace the kingdom, the message of, the, of heaven's kingdom realm. And listen what their lives do as a result. Their lives bear good fruit. So now, here's the great thing about it. Good fruit is always going to do one thing. It's going to multiply. <laughs> good fruit is always going to multiply. Can you hear me? 
A good fruit has within it seed. Do you hear this word? A good fruit has inside of it seed. Let me show you something. I just, you know, I try to keep something close by that I can use. Try to feel that. See, let me just remove this tag right quick. See, this is artificial, but you know. Okay. So here's the beautiful thing about a good fruit. So let's just imagine everything. Sunlight came back, but guess what? Nothing is scorched because it's got good water because it's able to fill it throughout with water. The circulation of the water. Do you understand that the water is the spirit? The circulation of the water goes throughout every vein of this beautiful stalk. And it allows every bit of nutrients to push to every one of these petals. But here's the great thing. Right here. In the middle. It's more than one. Isn't that crazy? The crazy thing is, I can't even count how many seeds are in just this one petal. So here I put one seed in the ground, but it produced, and it produced multiple petals that had multiple seeds within each of the petals to produce multiple more. So here's the reason why the wind and the rain and the sun and the insects, you ain't even talk about the insects though. They help in the process You know all that sneezing we doing? Achoo. Springtime. Achoo. Oh, it's so much pollen. It's so much seed that it messes me up. Because that seed doesn't do any good unless it's in dirt. But it's so much, it's so plentiful. We don't have a problem with not enough. We have a problem with too much. People are starving, but not because of lack. People are starving because of greed. Because God made the earth in a way to produce everything it's needed is within itself. Don't believe it? Don't be a Christian. According to Genesis, it says that everything he created had seed within itself. The importance of a husband and a wife is to produce, to multiply. I understand that I'm walking on some shaky things here, but I will be the first to say that I don't care. The truth is, I created man and woman because I need a reproduction. 
I don't create anything without harvest in mind. But I love her. But I love him. You need your heart shaken. You need to remove those travelers. You need less of you and more of God. So you can get that seed deep down in. So it can shake up those perceptions and get you back to the purpose of your creation. Because something without purpose isn't worth anything. In a great house, there's vessels of honor and a dishonor. That means that in a great house, they're throwaways. I don't want to be discarded. I want purpose. What looks better? So choose ye this day who you will serve. I'm giving you the choice, but I'm going to give you a hint. Choose life. It's your choice. I'm just going to give you my opinion. Choose life. Because if you choose life, not only will you live, but your seeds will remain. Jesus said, abide in me that I might abide in you. Because I want to make one thing certain. That it is about your fruit. And I want you to have much fruit. But the importance is that your fruit remain. What's important? The seed. The seed is eternal because it creates a continuation. It has all that is needed within it to reproduce. All it needs is the right soil. So, y'all ready to continue doing some root work? I love this, man. It is the year of the soul. I'm finished. I am done. Thank God for every single one of you beautiful people. Because God sees good soil. This is what he said to them. He said, guess what? Now you're ready to hear the revelation. He told them some interesting things, but then he said, now you're ready to hear it. What did he say? He said, first off, I want you to understand that you're good soil. You've got an open heart. You followed it. You listened. The issue is not what you heard today. The issue is the content of your heart. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to let you go. You have anything, Pastor? Good? Okay. 
Let's pray. Okay? Father God, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the seed of life, for we know that in the seed, the blueprint of your kingdom is inside the seed. We thank you because your word is so important that without it, nothing would have been created. For in the beginning was the word. And the word was God and the word was with God. And we thank you for being here and present now. We thank you because, Father, we understand and recognize that your word, hallelujah, is what changes. Your word is what alters. Your word is what reconstructs. And Father, we thank you right now because of your grace and your mercy. We thank you because you've applied that grace and mercy to us to give us space for the root work to be done. And Father, right now, we thank you for this root work that you are doing in our heart and we take it upon ourselves to honor you. Father, help us where we don't understand. So many things impacted and packed us down over the years, God, that we don't know our up from our down. Some of us, we don't know our right from our left. I hear hearts saying, God, I've been hurt so many times that I refuse to even address the hurt. Mentally, I am so packed down that I don't even want to go to any type of therapy. Off of fear of uncovering so much hurt that is pushed down into my heart. But God, I heard a man. And he told me that if I trust you, that you would delicately address the circumstances of my heart. And so, Father, right now, I submit my heart open to you. I open my heart and I remain teachable, God. Teach me your ways, O oh Lord. Father, do in my heart what needs to be done that I may produce because my life's desire is just to be used by you. For God, a vessel is only important based on the content of what is inside. Everything that you have put me here to do, I want to do. Not my will, but thy will be done. I choose you today. So, Father, remove those areas of double-mindedness in my heart. Create and begin the process in me today. Right now, I've been saved for years, but I haven't been new yet. Because my spirit was transformed, but my soul was stuck. But now, I'm ready to do root work.
Break up the fallow ground, God. Plant your seeds in me. And Father, I will continue to glorify you forever and ever. In Jesus' name, we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us today. We love you.